this morning we find ourselves almost at the end of our series in Colossians. And I'm going to read for us the verses in front of us this morning as we look at the uh, relationships, so to speak, at home. And uh, I know that it is Father's Day. I'm glad that um, you fathers are here. And, uh, but it's, it's more for all of us than just for the fathers this morning. I, I don't know about how your week has been. Maybe the last couple of weeks just give you a, uh, it's a scary thing when I start to say I'm going to give you insight into my weeks. Um, you may not want to go there, but... When I preach on a couple of different topics, and let me preface this statement, uh, I'm not one who believes that there's a, uh, there's a demon behind every light bulb or behind every do- doorknob, but when I preach on a couple of topics, um, there seems to always be a war around me. Um, And those two topics were last week's sermon and this week's sermon. The first being the spiritual life, how to bring that about in the life of a believer. And we looked at that in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 down through verse 17. And then the, the second topic is every time that I preach on the home, it seems to be a uh, war inside of me. Now, sometimes those that war is um, seen on the outside, and I mean, there's absolute chaos at the Tillman household. That was really not the case this week. Uh, the war was on the inside, and um, it was a rough week, but God is faithful, and uh, I believe that He has something for us. I, I learned a great, great insight this week, and I want to share it with you as well. Um, Colossians chapter 3. Let me read for us. Uh, Let me start in verse 12. I don't remember which uh, verse we'll uh, start with on the screen, but uh, let me read verse 12 down through chapter 4, verse 1. It states this. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whatever you do, in word or deed, 
do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. Do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything. For this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Slaves, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters. Not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily. Ask for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done. And there is no partiality. Masters, treat your slaves justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I bow before you. Lord, I ask that as we look at this topic this morning, Fathers, we see the different relationships in the home. Lord, would you allow us to to grab a hold of the image of the relationship that we have with you? Maybe that image will be seen for the first time today. Maybe that image, Lord, would be seen for the first time clearly today new view, a new slant of that, but Father, would you allow us to, to see this relationship, the picture that you have for us, in such a way, for me, for, for this, your body, God, that it would change how we talk, it would change, Father, how we Live because we see you. God, there are a number of passages, there are a number of verses, there are a number of of thoughts. Would you sew all of those together? Would you allow them to come across? Would you give clarity to the ears that hear? Would you give clarity to my thoughts? And might my words this morning be your words to your people? That your name would be magnified. That your kingdom would be expanded this morning. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. From the outset of creation. From the very beginning. God had in mind. That there would be one man. 
there would be one woman, and they would be together for life. That's his plan. He created all of creation in those six days. And at the end of it, hear the words that he and Adam spoke in Genesis chapter 2. Then the Lord said in Genesis 2.18, It's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he, man, would call them. And whatever man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from Man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife. And they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Today, I I want us to spend some time looking at relationships. I, I want us to spend some time specifically at this relationship as we will spend most of our time this morning looking at the, the wife and the husband, that relationship in the home. We'll touch on children and parents and I'm going to give that the importance that is needed and also the importance and also as well as the bruntness that Paul gives it and God gives it here in Colossians. But I want us to unpack for just a few moments husbands and wives. The spousal relationship is first. It is from creation. It was the relationship that God put in place Before anything else, he put that relationship there. This relationship is different from all the rest. I believe this is so because of the picture that this relationship portrays within the eternal relationship that you and I as believers, as sons and daughters of the King, as the bride of Christ that we will see throughout all eternity. Marriage is the one relationship 
that this is the picture of who and or what our relationship is to be with Christ. Paul wrote it this way. He expanded on what is written here in Colossians in Ephesians chapter 5. Let me read that and you'll see the verses on the screen behind me. It states this, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also should wives submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body. Therefore... A man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. This picture of a marriage is seen in the Old Testament and also in the New Testament. It is seen in book after book of the 66 that we have in front of us in God's Word, which make up God's Word, the Bible. I spoke to you from Genesis. We've looked at what Paul stated in Ephesians and also in Colossians. There are numerous accounts of this picture throughout the Minor prophets and also the major prophets. The picture that I want us to look at is from one of each of those. One from Hosea, a minor prophet, and also just the words that Isaiah spoke of in Isaiah chapter 29. As we look this morning, one point, the obstacles of a proper relationship are exposed. The obstacles of a proper relationship are exposed. The picture of this marriage relationship is seen. You look at Genesis chapter 38 and you see Tamar. And how she played the harlot in a relationship. You look at the prophet Hosea and he was called by God, commanded by God to take his wife, take for his wife, Gomer, and he took Gomer, and in their relationship, at some point, she left, and she played the harlot, and he was told to go back and buy her back off of the slave block, and he went and he did that, and it is a picture for you and for me, our relationship with the Father. This marriage, 
Isaiah wrote of it in Isaiah 29, verse 13. He said, and the Lord said, because this people, they draw near to me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And then he adds this caveat. And it just floored me. And their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. Let that sink in for a second. This people, he's talking about Israel. Israel is his people. It's his chosen people. It's nothing that they did. It's everything that he has done and he chose them. And he said, you know what, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. And all of your descendants after you, I'm going to bless them because of you. And your descendants, there's going to be so many descendants of yours. They're going to outnumber the stars in the heavens. They're going to outnumber the grain of sand on the seashore. You're not even going to be able to count them. There's so many of these descendants that I'm going to bless because of you. And this people, they have drawn near this chosen people that is in a relationship that no other nation at the time has ever been in. They draw near to me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips while their hearts are far from me. And the only reason that they fear me, Isaiah said, is because of a commandment that was taught to them by men. A perverse picture is seen oftentimes throughout the Old Testament. Whether it's This picture in Isaiah, the picture of Tamar, the picture of of Hosea and Gomer. But it is a picture that you and I personally live out every single week, every single year, every single day. Israel was to be God's people for all times, yet... They would forget him. And they would go after other gods. This is not to be so. The obstacles of a proper relationship are exposed in this passage. In one, excuse me, two verses. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. And husbands, love your wives and don't be harsh with them. Two obstacles. The reason that I believe that he gave these two. Wives submit. Husbands love. Two obstacles. And if you and I would get these two obstacles. And we would see that they are in front of us. And we would see that they are um, there to thwart. To stop. To hinder the relationship that. God has for us with our mates, our relationships would be so much better. The first obstacle that is shown is that from the side of the woman. She is to submit to her husband. This is something that she oftentimes doesn't want to do. 
And you might say, why don't I want to do this, ladies? Well, it's easy. It's simple. It's because Genesis chapter 3. It's the only reason that you don't want to submit to your husband is because of what happened in Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, Eve took of the fruit and she ate of it. And then she gave it to her husband and he ate of it. And then this is what happened in Genesis chapter 3. And they heard, Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? Just to let you know, he knew where he was. And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid. Because I was naked and I hid myself. And God said, who told you, Adam? Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman. Never a good thing, guys. I'm one of you. I resemble you. Never a good thing. The woman, you did say I didn't point at my wife. The the woman that you gave me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. The Lord said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. The Lord said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all the beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He, the woman's offspring, ultimately Christ, he will bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman, he said. I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. And then here's the point. You, ladies, you will desire, your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. And to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles, it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. There are a couple of things that we need to see in this obstacle for you ladies in the aspect of submitting to your husband. The first is this, that it is something that has been from generation to generation to generation, from that very moment in Genesis chapter 3, that ladies have not wanted. It's not just something that has come up in the 1900s or the 2000s. It is something that every generation has had to deal with and every generation has fought. 
this statement, wives submit to your husbands, this statement in Genesis chapter 3 that the husband will rule over you, it reflects the legal state of affairs in this relationship. But second, the the verb submit used in this passage, used in 1 Peter chapter 3, used in Ephesians chapter 5, among other places, this verb submit, it does not convey some innate inferiority amongst the men and the women, that the women are inferior to the man. The wife is inferior to the husband. It does not convey that. But it is used for a modest, cooperative demeanor that puts others first. I don't want to get bogged down. I want you to live this out, and I want to live this out, okay? Here's what it means. It means it's something that you willingly do. It's not that it is commanded of you or that you're doing it because it is commanded of you. It is something that you say, you know what? That's the best thing for me, so therefore I'm going to willingly, voluntarily do This, I'm going to submit to my husband because that is the best thing for me. It is not a term that is just used for wives toward their husbands. It is something that is used for all Christians regardless of their rank, regardless of their gender. I'm not going to turn to these places, but if you look in Mark chapter 10, verse 41, you look in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 16, uh, we read Ephesians 5. If you look in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, You will see this amongst all Christians on all levels in all relationships that you and I are to submit to one another as is fitting to the Lord. This word submit for you wives, it's not like God is commanding you like he commands children. Let me, let's go to another Um, relationship for just a moment in the next few verses he says this to children so kids listen up he says you obey your parents in whatever you want to no that's not what he said he says to you children obey your parents in everything every single person here in this room, has probably either heard or stated what I'm about to say. If you're a parent, you've said it probably a thousand times. I know I have probably in the last two weeks, but obey. Daddy, why should I obey? Because I said so. I know when I was a kid, I hated it. My dad said it. My mom said it. I hate it. I said, I'll never say it. It wasn't four years into Nathan's life that I probably said it 4,000 times. Why? Because I said so. It's better than that, though, kids. You don't have to obey because your parents said, I said so. You have to obey because God said so. Parents, how does a kid argue with that? There's no argument to that. You obey. Why? Because God said so. So obey. One of my good friends in, 
at seminary. He's actually still there as a vice president at Southeastern. My good friend, uh, Ryan Hutchinson, I'll never forget. We went and visited him one time, and Mason, his oldest, um, wanted something. And he decided that he was going to show out in Target or wherever we were. I think it was Target. And his dad quickly got him under control. And he stated this, and I have used it. I stole it. I've used it. He said, the brilliant thing about our relationship is this. I don't have to give you anything you want, and you have to do everything I tell you to. (laughs) I was like, that's good. Let me write that down. (laughs) There is a difference between the relationship of parents and kids than there is between a husband and a wife. A wife is commanded to submit, but it is a position that she is equal to her husband, understanding the role is the husband is the head of the family and the wife is to submit in a role. It's not like a father to a son or a mother to a child. It's not like verse 22, slaves obey in everything, those who are your earthly masters. It's, it's a different relationship and something that you and I need to understand in that. You have heard this, you have spoken this, you have not liked this, ladies. But let me bring an argument to you about the liberation of women for just a moment. I did some studying this week on the women's movement or on feminism. Pretty much every single place that I looked stated that the beginning of the women's movement was in the middle of the 1800s or the 19th century. And it was really in the middle class of women and the upper class of women in Europe and finally here in America after a number of years. And it was set out for this, to bring about equality in women with men desiring political equality among those that they were living in, in the culture, in the community that they were living in. That was the first wave. The second wave of this was in the 60s and 70s, in the 1960s and 70s uh, of this movement. It came about to further the social injustices that were prevalent. Pay equality and also a woman's choice. A final third wave of this movement is being seen even today. And its emphasis is that of non-whites as well as lower class women being the focus of this drive. I would contend with you this morning, and I believe Paul and Christ would contend with you this morning, that Christianity has done more to liberate women than anything else. And it's not because of that first obstacle, but it's because of this second one that I will spend just a few moments on. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Culture.
culture after culture, generation after generation, Old Testament, New Testament, when this was written, even till today. Outside of the realm of Christianity, marriage is oftentimes looked at as an agreement, and love has nothing to do with it. In the days of the Old Testament, especially in um, earthly cultures, worldly cultures, in the day of the New Testament, in Rome, of those around the surrounding cultures there, women were property. The only ones that mattered, the only ones that were counted, were men. It's even... Today, if you go in a number of third world countries and even emerging industrial countries, even that of China today, they will throw out girls because they are only there to have one child and they desire boys to pass down the family name. Paul states in a couple of his letters that men are to love their wives. This is ground shaking. It is ground shattering. The men of the day had never heard of this. The examples they had seen, the examples that they had heard, were at worst, at worst, women were a possession, just like the ox. The kid was a possession, just like the sheep, the goat. At best, male dominance was occurring in the home. But the picture here, as well as in Ephesians, is that of love. It is love as of God that He has for you and He has for me. It's love that is sacrificial. It's love that always puts away selfishness and picks up selflessness it is love that is looking out for the best for her not for you it is this picture that we see in the marriage relationship guys you are commanded I am commanded to love our wives The obstacle that is there for you and the obstacle that is there for your wife, your wives is that of submission. You as a husband is that of love. You and I are driven. You give us something and we will go do it. You give us the task, it will be done. But we get our feelings and I don't know. Oftentimes, I, uh, when I'm counseling, whether it's in a pre-marriage counseling setting or in a, uh, a situation where the couple has some issues that they have to walk through, I'll take them to this passage or I'll take them to Ephesians chapter 5 and we'll look at this picture of a husband and a wife. If you look at it in Ephesians 5, I'm not going to read it for us Again, but there is this picture of Christ 
and the church. And that is to be the picture of the male husband and his bride, the female. The problem for us men, I believe, is this. You've never looked at yourself for who you really are. Now, I know your mind might be thinking of a number of things right now. Number one is, when are we going to get out and go eat lunch for Father's Day? But here's who you are, guys. Stay seated. Don't come hit me. Here's who you are. You are a woman. Y'all can tweet that in a minute. You are the bride. You've never thought of yourself that way more than likely. Jesus Christ is your groom. The picture here is this, that all of us, male and female, are a part of the bride of Christ. And the picture is that we are to come to Him on this level. Submission. He is loving us. The picture of a pre-marriage counseling uh, session or the picture of a counseling session with a husband and a wife that are at odds with each other or this. Look at this picture. Here's who you are. Your marriage is a picture to the world of Christ, the groom, and the church, the bride. And therefore, the bride is to, to submit to Christ and Christ is loving the bride totally, sacrificially in everything that she does. Husbands, love your wives and don't be harsh with them. It's an obstacle because as a sinful husband, that's a default. Sinful husband, my default is to become selfish and to be harsh. Your default is the same, sir. Sinful wife, your default is to try to lord over your husband. And the picture for the world to see in your relationship, in my relationship with Paige, is this. Christ as head and us, the church, as the bride. You and I must grasp this so that you and I can have a proper relationship, not just with our spouses, on a horizontal level, but with our Creator, our Lord, and our Savior, our groom. We must see ourselves in the role of submission, and we don't like it. We want it our way, right away. If we don't get it our way, right away, we kick and scream like the three-year-old at Walmart. And I'm always reminded of the picture that we spoke of just a moment ago with Hosea and his wife. And how she had chased after everybody else and God said, Hosea, you're going to be a picture. Go back and buy her back. And how God 
no matter the week you've had, no matter the month you've had, no matter the 2014 that you've had thus far, no matter the day that you've had, when you and I turn away from Him and we chase after whatever little G God that you and I want to chase after. And we find ourselves like David did. And I read this passage this week in my quiet time as it came up. I was reminded. Psalm 51 states this, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned. And done what is evil in your sight. So that you may be justified in your words. And you may be blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being. You teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy. Let me hear gladness. Let the bones that you have broken, let them rejoice. Father, hide your face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me, restore to me the joy of your salvation, uphold me with a willing spirit. Then, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise for you. You will not delight in sacrifice or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God, this is what he wants. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God. Those things you will not despise. Your relationship with your mate whether it's one that you have right now or one that is out in in the future for you in the years to come, your relationship with that person is a picture of your relationship with your Savior, with your groom for all eternity. And the picture of marriage is to be seen and portrayed here and now of that eternal union. That is so much more important than this physical one. Even though this physical one is the one relationship of utmost. Horizontally or physically. The question for you and the question for me is this. Ladies, have you allowed this obstacle? Obstacle of submitting to your husband. To hinder the relationship and the strength that it desires. Guys, 
have you allowed this obstacle, the obstacle of loving your spouse as Christ loved the church, totally, sacrificially, selflessly, have you allowed that to hinder and to stop, to thwart the relationship and the strength and the bonds that it needs and desires?